This is Running the Race with Pastor Eddie Pinero of Calvary Chapel of Milford in Milford, Pennsylvania. God loves us so much that He wants us to enter into an unshakable kingdom, His kingdom. All that happened in the Old Testament was a picture, a shadow of things to come. But because of the cross that's between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion, because of the cross we can now go to the heavenly Jerusalem, where it is not fear like Mount Sinai, Jesus was sent down from heaven to earth with a mission. Jesus was going to establish a new covenant and make a way for all to be reconciled to God. In today's message, Pastor Eddie will be sharing about the simple gospel. We were once far from God, and there was no way we could get back to Him. So God came to us in the way of Jesus and built a bridge so that whoever believes in Jesus will be reconciled and have eternal life. Well, let's join Pastor Eddie in the book of Hebrews chapter 12. As he continues his message, a kingdom that cannot be shaken. The blood of Jesus Christ is better than that of Abel. Now, what's so important about Abel's blood? Who is Abel? Well, for those of you who do not know, back in Genesis chapter 4, you remember Cain and Abel, the first family, the first brothers that was murdered? See, the Bible's filled with a lot of dysfunctional families, okay? It started in the garden many, many years ago, okay? The first brothers, then one killed the other, okay? And so Cain killed his brother Abel, and this is what the Lord said to Cain in Genesis chapter 4, verse 10. What have you done? The voice of your brother... Blood cries out to me from the ground. What is it that this blood of Abel in Genesis cried out to the Lord? What did it cry out? You know what it cried out? As with every blood of those that have been murdered, not killed, murdered, whatever. It it cries out justice. It cries out judgment. His blood cries out revenge. That's what it cries out. Okay? Now he's comparing the blood of Abel, okay, cries out justice, judgment, and revenge to the blood of Jesus Christ of the cross to Calvary. And what does the blood of Jesus Christ cries out? Love, grace, forgiveness. So you see the contrast between the blood of Abel? So when you see that, and the blood of Jesus Christ, the blood of Abel cries out justice. The wrath of God, it it, it cries out punishment. But the blood of Jesus Christ to the cross, it cries out love, grace, mercy. And when we repent our sins and come to Christ through the cross, through the blood of Jesus Christ, we have been forgiven. We have salvation. We have eternal life because of the blood of Jesus. And so, Mount Sinai, the children of Israel received the law with fear. In contrast, we believers of Jesus Christ, we receive the grace of God in Mount Zion without fear. All because of Jesus. And so this is so important for us to understand and get because quite often people still forget and they try to add the law 
to their relationship with God. They try to use that in, in a legalistic way, and many of them very legalistic. Oh, the, this is one of the commandments. This is the fourth hundredth commandment we shouldn't break. Well, if you're going to live by the law, what does what did Paul say? If you break one law, you broke all the laws. Very, very simple. Let me just kind of give you how that looks today. If you commit a crime, you are already a criminal. Just one crime, you're already a criminal. Okay? And for those of you who have committed a crime here, don't be convicted. All right? <laughs> don't, don't feel, you know, condemned. If you, you're forgiven by the blood of Christ, God doesn't care about your, your, legal, your background. And that's the great thing about coming to Christ. He's forgiven you of all your sins, regardless what kind of record you have. Because more important, when you accept Jesus Christ as Lord of Personal Savior, you've been forgiven. Your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It doesn't matter what's written down here. It won't matter what Jesus has done on the cross. But it's the, the law can never make you perfect. Okay? Can never make you perfect. With the law, if you in the Old Testament, with the law, what happens? It's a bunch of do's, 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 and don'ts, don'ts, don'ts. Right? 613 commandments, 248 do's, and 365 don'ts. It's impossible to keep them. So there's a bunch of do's and don'ts. But through Christ, through Mount Sinai, through Christ Jesus, through Jesus, through his blood, it's no more do's than don'ts. It's done, done, done. Tell us that it is finished. He paid for all your sins. So do you want to go to Mount Sinai? You want to live by the law? Just remember, you break one, you break them all. We can't even keep the first one. But praise God, because of Jesus Christ, we don't have to live by the law. Don't get me wrong. That doesn't mean, okay, well, I'm going to go murder somebody because I don't live by the law. Thou shalt not, you know, kill. It's really mean murder. No, those are moral laws. We obey them. It's not that we have to, but we get to. That's the reality of it. And so this is exactly what he's trying to relate here. And so there is a difference. So when we think about Sinai, we think about the law. When we think about Mount Zion, we think about Jesus Christ. Amen? That is the contrast between the two. That's in verses 18 to 24. Now we're going to look at verse 25. Just one verse, 25. That's going to bring us to the fifth warning written in the book of Hebrews. The book of Hebrews had five, a series of five warnings. And if you've been with us from chapter 2, you probably you remember some of those warnings. And every time we got to those warnings, we brought it to your attention. We gave you the warning. There's a warning coming, right? So we looked at the warning back in Hebrews chapter 2. Two is the warning of drifting away. The warning of drifting away. And as applies for all of us, we need to be careful. In chapter 3, Hebrews chapter 3, we looked at the warning of unbelief. Unbelief. Now you may say, well, I'm a Christian. You know, why would I be warned about that? Don't I believe? Well, you can turn and not believe after a while. That's exactly, he brought the example of the children of Israel. They got to a point where they didn't believe anymore. And God, what happened? They never made it to the promised land until that generation died and passed away 40 years in a desert, okay? And so the third warning was in Hebrews chapter 6. It is the warning of spiritual immaturity. We need to be mature. We need to grow in our faith. We need to not be complacent where we are. Okay, I just go to church. That's all I'm going to do. Yeah, I only open my Bible when I'm in church, but you never open it at home. And what happens is when you don't mature, you're like an oversized grown person on a high chair with a bib. You know, we need to stop drinking milk. How many of us been in church for so long, 10, 20 years, and we're still talking about the basics? 
Move on, mature, grow in your faith. So it's important because if you don't mature in your faith, what's going to happen? And that's the reason why we, we go into this cycle in Christianity. Well, you know, I feel down. Oh, why am I dealing with all this? And then we start, then we start unbelieving, and then we start drifting away. It's very important that we stick to the word of God. That's the reason why we teach it here verse by verse, chapter by chapter. Then we looked at the 10th warning is the warning of apostasy. The warning of apostasy. What is that? If you recall, he's writing to the first readers of Hebrews. They were Jewish believers who had found Jesus Christ to be the Messiah. So in their newfound faith, they okay, they're doing well. But under extreme persecution, they said, well, this is too much to be a Christian. I'm going to go back to the temple. I'm going to go back to sacrificing the lambs when they already accepted the Lamb of God. You see, that's apostasy. When we already received Christ, when we know that Jesus Christ is the only way, but then we say, I found something better than Jesus, you're in trouble. You're in trouble because you have tasted what the Holy Spirit has given you. You knew that Jesus Christ is the only way. He's the only, his blood is the only one that could atone for your sins. And what happened was, after they received Jesus Christ and his crucifixion on the cross, his blood, the atonement for the sin, they became born again. They said, I'm going to leave that. I'm going to go back to the temple, to the high priest, and every year sacrifice a lamb. That's apostasy. So those are the four warnings. Now we're going to look at the fifth and final warnings in the book of Hebrews. In verse 25, let's look at the verse 9. It says this, See that you do not refuse him who speak. See that you do not refuse him who speak. It kind of seems like a little simple, but no, it's not. Do not refuse him speaking of Jesus Christ. Who speaks? Jesus Christ. Who spoke to Moses at the burning bush? Jesus Christ. I am. Who spoke to Moses at the mountain? Jesus Christ. Who spoke everything to existence that the, the gospel of John tells us? Everything was created by him, for him, and everything without him, nothing was made. Jesus Christ. It's not like the Father has anything to do with it. No, the Father is there. He's being obedient. He's the creator of the heaven and the earth. You see, all of them together, they even got together to create man. You're right? In the beginning, it said, let us, the plural pronoun, let us create man out of our image, another plural pronoun. So together, Jesus Christ created everything. When it came to you, it came to me, man, the, the triune God, the Father, Son, and Spirit got together. Let us create man out of our image. But we go on, and he says, do not refuse him who speaks. It is Jesus Christ who speaks. And we know this because if you've been with us from the beginning... Hebrews chapter 1, the writer of Hebrew tells us that it's Jesus who speaks to us. Let's look at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 to 2. It says, God, who at various times and in various ways spoke in time past to the fathers by the prophets. Here it is. Has in these last days spoken to us, you and me, by who? His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He had appointed heir of all things, through whom all things He made the world. So it is through Jesus Christ that speaks. So the writer of Hebrews giving us the fifth warning, not only to the first reader of Hebrews, but to you and I. Do not refuse Him, Jesus Christ, who speaks. But to refuse Him and refuse what He speaks is to perish. 
Let's look at verse 25 again and read through the end. It says, See that you do not refuse him who speaks, for if they did not escape, speaking of the children of Israel, who refused him who spoke on the earth when Jesus spoke on the mountain, much more shall we not escape if we turn away from him who speaks from heaven. I mean, just think about it. They couldn't escape the mountain. They were there. They couldn't approach the mountain. They couldn't escape hearing the voice of that trumpet on the mountain. If they couldn't escape that, how much more when Jesus Christ is now in heaven? How much more? They couldn't escape it. Jesus now seated at the right hand of Father. And he speaks. How does he speak? He speaks through his word. Through his word. Now, I know there are people who say, well, you know, I want to hear God talk to me. You know, well, yeah, just read the word. But I want to hear from, read the word. He said, but I want, if you want to hear God's voice, read it out loud. All by yourself. Get the acoustics. Read it out loud if you want God to talk to you. Read the word of God. Because whatever you hear outside of the word of God, you need to line it up with the word of God. There's a lot of false teachings out there. A lot of false teachers. And we need to read the word of God to understand the truth of God. And so he is writing, if you remember, to the readers of Hebrews. They were Jews. They believed Jesus to be the Messiah. They were tempted to go back to the old covenant. But Jesus is the one that speaks. He is the one that speaks. So here it is. God speaks to us. We have the word of God. We have the word of God, don't we? And the important thing is we can't escape it. It speaks to us. The reality is... When privilege is greater, the responsibility is also greater. Where privilege is greater, the responsibility is also greater. In Christ, in God, he has given us his best and final revelation through his son Jesus Christ and in the gospel. Those who reject his voice, those who reject the gospel, the word of God, which is, is from heaven, you have broken the law. There's nothing else. There's nothing else. You cannot escape it. It's impossible. So do not refuse him who speaks. The word of God speaks to us. Now, that is the fifth and final warning. Now we're going to look at verses 26 to 29. 26 to 29. And here we'll see a kingdom that cannot be shaken. A kingdom that cannot be shaken. Let's look at verse 26. Whose voice then shook the earth. Speaking of the Lord. But now he, Jesus Christ has promised, saying, Yet once more, I shall not only the earth, but also heaven. Earth and heaven, you know, as Elvis Presley would say, there's a whole lot of shaking going on. Heaven and earth, right? God is shaking things. He's shaking, so it's not an earthquake, it's a heavenquake. Okay? It's everything is shaking. And why the shaking? Is to get rid of the things that are not permanent. Get rid of the things that are not of God. Get rid of the... Let me tell you, that's how... Believe it or not, in a way, we're shaken by the Holy Spirit, right? You need to shake off a little more. You know, the Holy Spirit would convict me. Eddie, you need to shake off a little more. Eddie, shake it off. We need more Jesus in your life. And, and there's things in life we just need to shake off and let more Christ in our lives. But here, we see what is spoken of here. Peter, right in his second letter, 2 Peter chapter 3, verses 10 to 13, this is what he writes. But the day of the Lord would come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with all great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore... 
since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? We need to examine our lives. Verse 12, looking for the hastening of the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being a fire, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. There's going to be a new heaven and a new earth. But first, there's going to be, a, again, a lot of shaking going on. And it says, may that the things which cannot be shaken may remain. The things that cannot be shaken may remain. That's at the end of verse 27. And so the shakening of these things is to reveal the things that are not of God, the things that has to be removed, and what remains will be eternal. Now, here the writer of Hebrews would tell us of this kingdom that you and I will receive, and it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. We're going to look at verses 28 and 29. He writes, Therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us have grace by which we may serve God acceptably with reverence and godly fear. Verse 29, For our God is a consuming fire. How many of us have that on our refrigerator? God is a consuming fire. You know, oh, God is good. Yes, He's good. He's too good. There's not a word to describe how awesome and good God is. God is love. Yes, God is love. We see it on the cross. God is full of grace. He's full of mercy. He's full of patience. Very patient. I know He's patient with me. How about you? Yes, and He's kind. It's the kindness that leads us to repentance. But He is also a consuming fire. I don't hear amen, amen for that one. <laughs> God loves us so much that He wants us to enter into an unshakable kingdom, His kingdom. All that happened in the Old Testament was a picture, a shadow of things to come. But because of the cross that's between Mount Sinai and Mount Zion, because of the cross, we can now go to the heavenly Jerusalem, where it is not fear like Mount Sinai, but it is rejoicing. Grace is not the law. Grace is not the old covenant. It's the new covenant. Not the blood of Abel, the blood of Jesus Christ. See, the comparison's there. What the Word is showing you and me is that God made a way where there wasn't a way. I think we take lightly where we stand in Christ. We take lightly of our position in Jesus Christ. We take lightly the cross. And we play Christianity. And we play the role. We, we speak Christianese. We, we do the Christian lingo. We do the Christian dance. And it's... And But we have no genuine, real relationship with Jesus Christ. And we need to, you know, you know the, beginning, uh, the beginning of wisdom is fear. Fear is the beginning of wisdom. Approaching a real God. One day, and one day very soon, we're all going to stand before God. I feel sorry for the ones who say, Oh, when I get to heaven, I'm going to tell God, When you get to heaven, you're going to fall flat on your face. 
And every one, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is his Lord. Whether you're going to call him Lord of your life or you're going to call him judge. I don't know about you. I want to call him Lord when I see him. I don't want to be judged. But here's the thing. Here's the good news. Jesus Christ already took the wrath of God on your behalf. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus made a way where there wasn't a way. He didn't bring us back to Mount Sinai. He brought us to Mount Zion. And he now brings into a kingdom that we, you and I, will receive one day. And we will be there soon and very soon. And it's a kingdom that cannot be shaken. Jesus said in Matthew 24, verse 29, Immediately after the tribulation... Of those days, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from heaven, and the powers of heaven will be shaken. It's all over the scriptures. Heaven and earth will pass, my word will not pass. If Jesus said it, it's going to happen. If it's in the word, it's going to happen. Don't discover it's too late when you stand before God as judge. He made a way. It's impossible for us to understand God, is impossible for us to understand his love. Is it possible for us to fully understand all that God has done for us? When you look at the simple things, you know, I look at these mountains and say, wow, it just keeps coming, all that God has done for us. And simply all we have to do is believe. How easy is that? You know, we, we want things easy, you know. Instant coffee, instant cash, instant God. Instant righteousness. Want everything easy. Hey, God, why it has to be 613 commandments? Why couldn't you just leave it at 10? Okay, what if he gave you 10? Lord, um, how about five? How about five commandments, Lord? Why 613? All right, I'll give you two. Lord, the two commandments are too difficult. How about one? You can't even keep that one. But Christ had. He was without sin. Scripture says, he was without sin. He became sin for us. When he was on the cross, he took the wrath of God. And just as it was in Mount Sinai, there was a darkness that went over Calvary. What was the effects of that darkness? It was the wrath of God. The sins of the entire world, of past, present, and future of all men, was put on the cross of Jesus Christ. Don't take these things lightly. This is real. If God is not real to you, then don't waste your time. Don't waste your time. But if He's real to you and the Word of God to you, praise the Lord. Eternal life. There is no other way. Amen? Friends, we're so glad you decided to join us today here on Running the Race. Pastor Eddie has been taking us through the book of Hebrews in a series titled, Jesus is Better. Within its pages, you hear about great people of faith. Do you feel like you could live a life like these great people of faith? You realize they weren't perfect, right? Our hope is that these messages are empowering you to see and believe that you can be a person of great faith too. One way to grow in your faith and understanding of God is by joining up with others who love and serve God. Here's Jessica with an invitation just for you. 
We'd love to have you come join us at Calvary Chapel of Milford. We're conveniently located off Interstate 84 and Route 6. For service times and all the information you need, visit runningtheraceradio.com and click on the Back to Homepage button. While you're there, you can listen to this teaching again or explore more messages from Pastor Eddie. Again, that website is runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks, Jessica. What a great invitation for those in the New York, New Jersey, or Pennsylvania area. For the rest of us, remember that you can find more messages from Pastor Eddie on that same website, runningtheraceradio.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. We're excited to learn more from the book of Hebrews. For today, our time has come to a close, but we'll be back again next time and hope you will too. Come back to hear Pastor Eddie share more from this great book of Hebrews, here on Running the Race.